I last Wednesday night when I went home from church, and it's been growth groups have been so awesome. It's so neat. We're already getting people wanting to start more growth groups. And my neighbor's coming to your growth group this week. My old neighbor, Patty. Yay. I gave her your number. So um but Wednesday night, when I went home from church, I had a phone call from Angela Carlson, who's now Angela Davison, which you may have remembered. And she used to come here, and she remarried and goes to her brother's church down in Santa Margarita. But she called. She said, I've been ministering to all these people in the area because she works up here. And she says, I have a young girl, that a lady that just needs a miracle. She said, would you call her? And I said, okay. But I f- it was 9 o'clock at night. And I said, but I'm going to call. It was like, you know, late. And I called and got to lead this young woman to Christ. And then Thursday, you know, we moved to Eastvale, and we knew the Lord told us to move. I mean, it was like, you need to move. It was happened. We sold our house in 20 days. I mean, it was just boom, boom, boom. So we were at a growth group in our neighborhood because one of the families from the church lives in our same neighborhood. And actually, several families are out there. And so um, we were at growth group, and when we went to leave, Rick was still talking, and I saw the neighbor next door. All these Mormons came out of their house, and then this little Chinese couple came out, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you don't share with them, they're going to go to hell. It was so strong, and I walked over. It was dark out. You know, it's pitch black, and I walked over. I said, hi, I know your neighbors, and da-da-da, and I said, my name's Carol, they didn't speak very good English, but enough to have a conversation. And I said, you have Mormons here. They said, how do you know that? I go, they're uniforms. <laughs> Make a long story short, they invited us inside. We shared the gospel message with them, and they both received Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And she said, her name is Tracy. She said, I know She said, I've been praying to Jesus, but he didn't answer me yet. And I said, yes, he answered you. He showed you the truth. He put us right there at that moment so that you could hear the gospel. Isn't that wonderful? So we're really excited because we have a couple in the Latino church, and she is from Taiwan, and she speaks Mandarin. So she's going to come over this week, and we're going to start a Bible study with them. So pray. Their names are Tracy and Morgan. I think they made those names up. But they're very cute. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. This is my pitch tonight. The Christmas tea is coming. Yay! And I'm so excited. All the pieces are in place. We have a wonderful speaker coming. Najee Hendricks, amazing. Um, She's a producer for CBN TV, Reaching Into Iran. They actually do shows in the middle of the night down in uh, the north co- south coast area um, so that they can reach the women while the husbands are at work. Her family escaped from Iran. I heard her dad stole a helicopter, and that's how they got out of Iran. We'll have to hear the rest of the story. And then she went into college, had just a very disappointing life here in the United States, and somebody brought her to Jesus. And that's where the story really begins. So that's our speaker. We have our Kappa Dance Ministry Christmas carols, wonderful catered food by Avalon this year. That, oh, I tasted their scones the other day. They're so delicious. And uh, But, ladies, this is our women's ministry's largest event And I almost killed myself last year doing so much. And 
it's really taken me until this week to really start fully recuperating. Of course, we know <laughs> that I had vertigo, which is gone, praise the Lord. But I do not want to be sick again. We need help, okay? We need volunteers. Whether you want to put together a raffle basket because everybody loves raffles or you want to host us a table. If you host us a table, it's free. You get a ticket free that night. And if you want to help in prayer, if you want to agree, even if you say, I can't come every night, but I'll come one night and sit at a table and I'll come one night and greet. Okay, what I'm saying is help. We need help. So Gia has these. Um, just say, put down, I'll put your name, phone number, everything down and say, this is the night I can be there. I'd like to do this. We need, you know how many hours, do you know how many times I've been down here at the church the night before until like midnight wrapping raffle gifts because we didn't have enough people to help? Okay, I'm just saying, people, I'm getting too old to do this all by myself. Okay? We need everybody to help. Okay, how many here are volunteers to do something at this church? Okay. Good. Now we're going to all volunteer to help with the team. Because <laughs> if we don't get help, I am not coming this year. I hope you're not recording that. Well, pass around, Lord. Thank you so much for the offering and the gifts that you give us, Jesus. We bless your name. Amen. And Joy was going to come up, but we already did kind of our prayer thing. And I want us to be blessed tonight. Francis, can you pass those around? G is going to be speaking. And I'm really excited for those that don't know. G is now my personal assistant, and she is helping me a lot. And I really praise God for her. Yeah. So, anyway, come on up, Gia, and share with us. And Gia finished deeper, all the way through deeper three. Deeper four. Deeper four. And she has also been taking some classes at Life Bible College. So I'm really proud of her. Okay. Please do help with the Christmas tea because I just started this job with Pastor Carol. And she wants me to stay in it for a while. So, please. Okay. Hi, ladies. It's a different view from up here. Father God, I just ask you to come here. Just invade this place, Lord God. I ask you, Lord, that you will clear our minds, Lord God. Help us to focus, Father God. And Lord, every word that I speak, Father, let it be yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, didn't, I wanted to see if there's the title of this is Your Brain on God. You remember that, that, old, that old commercial, This Is Your Brain on Drugs? Okay, This Is Your Brain on God. As I breathe. So we're doing meditative prayer tonight. Basically, that's spiritual evaluation. So what meditation is, well, let's tell, tell you what it's not. What is not is babbling and ma mantra and that unfruitful place. When, when my kids were um, teenagers, the three oldest, and I would get really, really angry and scream and say, clean your room or whatever it may be, 
They go, Mom, woosa, woosa, and they rub my ears and they go, um, and all that. And, and, and it made me think when I was thinking about what meditation is not. And it's that as they were trying to calm me down in their worldly view of what peace was, right? But Eastern religions, meditation is, is emptying their mind and replacing it, you know, going to a place in nirvana. But with Christian meditation, it's totally different. This is a time for active thinking, for, for spiritual introspection as we, as we communicate with our Abba Father. In the dictionary under meditation that you also find the synonym rumination, which I don't think there's any farmers here, but if you are, you know what that means. It means what a cow does as it chews. It chews its cud, and it chews its over and over and over until it completely digests it, and that's really what we do when we meditate. We, it's a time to think, to ponder, and to digest what God is speaking to you. So we meditate with our mind, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. Our brain has overwhelming capacity. Uh, contrary to what you've heard, you, there's a myth that goes around that we only use 10% of our brain, but scientifically, actually, we use 100% of our brain. Well, some of us do, at least. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel like I'm working with a full 100%. But, but here's a fun fact for you, though. Our brain represents 3% of our body's weight but it uses 20% of, of our body's energy. That's a lot of energy for only 3%. So what are you using that energy on? I could think of Candy Crush and stupid stuff. And so it, even doing this message made me think, what am I really thinking about? What am I using all that energy doing? I like this quote from Jesus Calling. It says, The human mind is the pinnacle of God's creation, but so few of us use it for its primary purpose, knowing God, understanding his truth, and how to apply his truth. So I'm going to jump right in. Let's prepare for meditative prayer. In Psalm 119.15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. The Hebrew word represented here is siak which means to bow down, to bring your mental attention to his ways and not your own understanding. And then in Joshua 1.8, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The Hebrew word here represented is uh, hega, which means to mutter, to speak. And then in 1 Timothy 4.15, it says, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. This is a Greek word, melitaho, meaning to show care. So understanding these words helps us to prepare for meditation. Um, you, you come with the right attitude. God is giving you the, the understanding of what he wants you to do when you come to that place. So imagine yourself coming into the throne room. You're coming into God's throne room. You're about to have a conversation with your king. How would you approach him? What would your posture be? 
So these, these words help you to know how to, to come into that throne room and you bow down, you give your focus, your full attention to him. You speak to him, not being afraid to ask any questions. And you show care to take it seriously. Remember, you have the captive attention of your father. I, um, many times when I was ill, um, had a lot of, nobody to talk to, because the Lord, in, in a lot of ways, I believe he, he isolated me so that he could get my full attention. Because in this world, it's so crazy, it's so busy. And sometimes um, we fill our lives and our world with all those altars and those idols, the things that we think are important. And I'm very grateful that in that time where I was really sick, he quieted everything. And I learned in that time how to do this, how to bow down, how to speak, and how to really not be afraid to ask him questions. You know, I, I became more intimate with him, understanding that he wanted to really hear from me. He wanted me to ask him questions. He wanted, he longed, I mean, can you imagine the, the God of the universe longs to hear your voices? He longs to hear you ask him a question. So why do we meditate? Well, partly to have this conversation. But we want to know God. This is a really, this is why we meditate. Many reasons, but we're going to start there. Because if you don't know who God is, that's a good place to start. We ponder his nature. What do you know about God already? So when you're in meditative prayer, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to expand your understanding of him. Ask him questions and seek answers. He says everyone who seeks shall find. He says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Your heavenly father loves you and he wants to draw you closer. But all, he says, all your heart. So as he reveals to you his nature, it's really important to believe him. It's so important that we, in the exchange of conversation that our Abba, with our Abba, that we truly believe him. And if you have more doubt than belief in him right now, I think that's the best place to start your meditative prayer. If you're, you have doubt right now, which we all do, by the way, we all go through it because we live in these earth suits and we're distracted with those things that go on all around us and we lose sight sometimes. So we all have doubt. And when one of the scriptures that I meditate on when I have doubt is, God is not a man that he, so that he would lie. He's not human. He doesn't change his mind. He, has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? When I doubt the true nature of God, I have to speak that over myself. And it happens quite frequently, more, more so than I'd like to admit. I, um, I was lied to a lot when I was a kid. So my trust within me is, is you know, has been damaged. So with God, I, I 
I have to remind myself that he never lies. Never. And that every time God has ever done anything, every time I've asked him, and answer, he's answered my prayers. I have to remind myself of those things. So it helps me with that doubt, that moment. So this is a time when you're getting to know the Lord and you're meditating on him. This is a time to get to know your bridegroom. Become more intimate with him. As you get to know him, you trust him, and your faith grows. This also gives you a better understanding of who he is and frees that distorted worldly view, just like I had that distorted worldly view of, of people lying to me or, or that distrust. And that opens your eyes, your understanding to his great majesty, power, and most of all, his love for you. And then we meditate to remind ourselves of past victories, which I've already kind of given you a little bit of an explanation. But I want you to turn to um, Psalm 77, 6. And you're going to be studying this portion of scripture uh, this week in your homework. So it says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be f favorable no more? Has, he, has his mercy ceased forever? Has, he promised, has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish. So he's asking. He's asking all these questions. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. So David's going through this time where he's, he's, he's pondering, he's meditating, he's asking God these questions, he's going through it. But as you, as you hear him write these questions, he filters his circumstances through truth, through God's truth. And decides to focus his attention on past victories and then the true nature of God as you hear it. And he meditates. You can hear that renewed hope in him, that faith strengthened. So as you meditate on, um, on past victories, meditate on what God has done for you in the past. This builds our confidence in his faithfulness and takes the focus on, off of our own abilities on, and us which we can get pretty distracted sometimes, just our, just our reflection in the mirror. And we meditate to know and understand his word. It's really, this is, this is, if you get nothing else tonight, I want you to hear this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to meditate and to make us realize, excuse me, 
what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So as we meditate on his word, he gives us instruction and direction. This is your, ladies, this is your life manual. This is it. You know, when your kids are younger and you wish they came with a manual, they do. It's right here. Although I didn't have this manual in my life when my kids were little. Well, not all of them, some of them. But I wish I had uh, when my first one came along. I really am. My, the difference between my first child and my last child using the word of God is a huge difference. It's huge. Yeah. So this is your manual. This is their manual. This is the manual. This is where you should filter all your thoughts, all your dreams, all your questions. It's the only absolute truth we have to stand upon. In Psalm 1, um, 2, excuse me, 1, 1 through 2, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So right there, blessed is the one. He blesses us. Just from meditating on his law, we are blessed. You are blessed when you delight and meditate on this law. And then, I don't know about you, but I know I'm blessed just to know that every word in this Bible is for me. That's a blessing. To know that the Lord gave me every word in this Bible. We meditate on his word as a source of unlimited power. So God has like 30,000 promises in this word that we should be focusing on in meditation. It's the power in our life. We, we've been learning that in scripture praying, right? As you, you pray out the scriptures, it's a source of power. I remember when I was sick, um, when I got healed, my healing didn't come immediately. The pain from what happened I, was, I had pain from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I had pain everywhere. I refused to take pain medication because I saw my sister, uh, uh, not my sister that you, you know here, Jasmine, but my sister Yvette, just completely in bondage to pain medication. So I refused to take pain medication. I would meditate. I would pray. I would, um, I would do everything else. And when um, my wonder twin and my best friend uh, prayed over me, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, every pain in my body went away that one time. And I never, I've have never had it since. I've had aches and pains, don't get me wrong, but not that pain. And it took about eight months after that for all the other things to go away because I used to have sores in my mouth. I was sick all the time. I had um, heart condition. I had lesions in my head. I had just all kinds of issues. And I was on 21 different kinds of medication. And as I was um, healing, complete manifestation of the healing, I call it, because people would say to me, how are you doing? I was like, I'm healed. I may not have been feeling everything that was healed. I may have woke up with a sore in my mouth, but I was healed. The Holy Spirit came upon me and took every pain away, and I was just waiting for the rest of it. 
And it was, I had to wait. In, in my case, I don't know about anybody else, but in my case, the Holy Spirit told me, I will, I will, I will. I will, I will completely heal you. And I used to have to meditate on his word to get through those moments of waiting. And at times, I would use his word as power over my body to keep me going. His word, ladies, oh my gosh, like I said, if you get anything out of this message, this is, this is powerful. I have seen amazing things happen when I speak the word of God. It does move mountains. And it heals. This one over here knows that for sure, huh? Sorry, I'm just a heavy breather. But his word is, is the, that powerful weapon, that spiritual weapon that he gave us. He said, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Everybody knows it, right? Anybody who knows it, say it with me. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, our, where, our weapons, we've, we've talked a lot about that during this, um, this series about warfare. And um, it's a reality. We have warfare that's going to happen all the time. Um, especially if we're going in the right direction. If we're doing damage in the kingdom of, of darkness... You can best believe that the devil, who knows nothing else, he has no other uh, uh, purpose. No other purpose. That's all he knows, is to kill, steal, and destroy. So we can't expect him to do anything other than what he knows, right? But we can expect God to do what he says he's going to do. And we have to remember that the word of God is that weapon. It's the only Besides the defensive weapons that he gives us in the armor, that's the only offensive weapon that he, that he has given us, that sword. And I don't know about you, but I try to wield that sword every, because sometimes my sword skills don't, I mean, I'm like, you know, I'll say the word of God and it sounds kind of wimpy. And you have to wield it, you have to speak it, you have to, you know, in order to know how to wield that sword, so... That's why we meditate on God's word. If you feel like there's a battle between your spirit and your brain, which we're talking about the brain today. We're talking about um, meditating with primarily our brain. A lot of times the enemy likes to uh, attack our brain or we're just bogged down by the world, by, by the things that we allow in too. So... If you feel like the battle between your spirit and your brain, if there's one going on, as they say, the battlefield of the mind, which has been coined by very more people that I realize in the research of this, there's a lot of, Joyce Meyer didn't have the corner of the market on that one. It was long ago, but anyway, I don't want to discredit her, but I'm just saying. The battlefield has been going on for a lot longer than Joyce has been alive, that's for sure. And so... Um, if you want to win that battle, you have to bring every thought into captivity, 
into his word. Every thought needs to be filtered through it, especially if you're in a battle right now. I have gone through times of, of, of you know, like you s- I've said, doubt. Um, there are times where, you know, my mind will spin into thoughts, and I have to go, no, i got to stop this. And I have to counteract it with the word of God and filter it through. In the book that um, goes along with our study, Dick Eastman writes, Scriptural meditation provides the believer with spiritual benefits received through no other means. Nothing. There's no other means. Those benefits that you receive through his word. So many things in this world and the spiritual realm can influence our minds. We need God's word and his power to fight the enemy's influence on our mind. And bring every thought into that obedience to God's truth. Our brains are so amazing, ladies, but they can be so unfruitful. I tell you. We can get stuck in the wrong thought patterns, which cripple us and bring us to a place of bondage and stunt our growth in Christ. These wrong thought patterns are influenced by three voices. Your own voice, the I think, I think this and I think that. You know, the place where we go where we feel confident in our own knowledge. Those are the I thinks, I call them. The others, others in worldly view and then Satan. A lot of people talk into my life. I, I hope I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they would for you too. But a lot of people talk into your life and, and their thoughts too. They crowd into their, you know, our minds. So sometimes it's, we're not sure which one is which. You know, what do we filter? But we f- wh- how do we do that? How do we control our minds? So we have to take our thoughts through the word of God, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal true wisdom as we read the scripture. So previously in our study, we, we had an opportunity to just be quiet and, and be still while waiting and watching in prayer. And sometimes in our lives, it's very difficult to be still and just shut off your brain. You realize how many thoughts spin in your head, and as you're trying to be still and think about nothing. I don't know about you, but I really, at, th- at those times, I wish I was a man. Because men have what we call a nothing box. And as a friend of mine put on Facebook not that long ago, that her husband told her, stop put trying to put stuff in my nothing box. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Because every time I ask my husband what he's thinking about, he says, nothing. Yeah. So, and he's always saying, why do you think so much? Oh, my gosh. One of the funniest things is we'll be talking about something, and we'll go, uh, we'll be quiet for a little while, and we'll go from A to Z. When I open my mouth again, I say something that's totally, like, opposite of what we're talking about. And he'll go, how did you get there? I said, do you really want to know? Because, like, I could tell you that this is how, and then I went there, and this is, and then that. Hopefully that's not just me. <laughs> it's just me? Okay. I'm unique then. Anyway, yeah. As, well, when we have negative emotions, uh, on top of having all these thoughts, then we have a negative emotion. Let's say we're uh, angry with our husband or we're angry with a friend or we're overwhelmed or we're worried. So then it's really hard to focus. We already have all these thoughts going on, right? So 
It's a time of meditation that we can overcome all that goes on in our minds. That's when you do it. One day I was trying to be quiet. Like I said, we were going through the study and we're, we've been trying to be still. And one day it was really hard. I had a lot of things on my mind. How am I going to do this job and, and, and help Pastor Carol? And I don't know what I'm doing. And she's going to be mad at me and fire me. <laughs> so... And how am I going to do this? And when am I going to do that? And I just felt like there's so many thoughts going on in my head. And so um, I couldn't seem to turn off my brain. So I do what, what works for me when I'm in that place. I, I talk to God while I'm cleaning. I don't know about you, but it helps me. So I get my little cordless vacuum out. There's dirt on the floor, and I, I'm, I'm trying to, and it's not working and so I'm like, those little spinning brush is not going, right? And so I turn it over, and, and I'm talking to God, by the way. I'm, I'm still talking. I'm like, Lord, my brain is going. Can you please help me? I really want to be still. How can I be a table leader if I can't even be still and wait and watch, you know, and all this stuff, right? And I pick up the vacuum, and I look, and the little spinning brush is stuck with a big clop of hair, which... I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> and if you know my sister Jasmine, she's just doubly, so it's, we got double trouble. But it, there's this big clump of hair, and so the Lord says really clearly, that's your brain. It's stuck with all these thoughts. Each hair remind, is, is a thought, and it's clogged up with all these thoughts. I just love the way God talks to me sometimes. <laughs> he, has to, he meets me where I'm at, I'm telling you. <laughs> So each thought is a hair, right? And so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and so I get the scissors out, and I'm, I'm still talking to him. I get the scissors out, and I start cutting. He goes, and that's my word. He said, that's the, my word. My word cuts through every thought. See, what I was doing was I was sitting there. I was trying to be quiet, and I do, like, in true Gia fashion, I muscle through it. I was like, I'm going to make my brain. I'm going to make it behave. I'm going to whip it into submission, right? It's like a UFC fight going on in there. And then it doesn't work. And I'm like, and he goes, but my word cuts through every thought. And he said, instead of trying to resist wrong thinking or stop the spinning in your head, replace it with my word and allow my Holy Spirit to transform you. It's so simple. It really is. And then I used all that energy. So you see, I was trying to muscle through it. But that, and let's go on to the next thing, because I'm being told I have not a lot of time. So, and the next thing is uh, we, we, we meditate on peace and transformation. I believe peace and transformation are, to are directly related. It sounds strange, but it... Let me, let me explain to you why. When we became saved and God, he placed his Holy Spirit within you, he placed in us a desire to grow in Christ, to be transformed into his image. This is a perpetual process. If this desire within you is not being met, then you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you. And then you become discontent, unhappy, and dissatisfied. 
no matter how much your flesh desires to arrive or be content, that's not your heavenly Father's desire for you. I know that doesn't sound good. But before you were born, he had a purpose for you. And he doesn't deviate from his plan. Like Pastor Rick says, there's no plan B. He never intended you for you to, the best part is he never intended for you to transform yourself. Only to allow him to finish the good work he began in you. In John 14, 26 and 27 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you, not, so let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So unfortunately, we think of growing and transformation, we think of fear. And th this can cause a lot of pain. Just thinking about that, the hard work, the pruning. But clearly in this scripture, you'll notice he says, he will teach you and bring to remembrance. In addition, he leaves peace with you. So in the process of him transforming you, we are to walk in peace. In Strong's Dictionary, it says, peace in Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever that is. So the last couple of weeks, God has continued to show me the scripture, James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. We all, we, I think pretty much everyone knows that scripture, right? You've encountered it. It's the one that we don't like to, to read sometimes because when I saw the trials and temptations and they popped out at me, I started to cringe. I felt like I needed to be on guard and to protect myself. And so from whatever it was that God was going to take me through, especially when he showed it to me five times in five different ways, in five different sources. So this, and that's what we call, ladies, a divine theme that you should be meditating on if you have a theme that comes up, like theme week or three. If you really don't listen, it becomes theme month or theme year. I've been there, so I, I know. And then you go, duh. But as I meditated on the scripture, the Holy Spirit reminded me that not so long ago I told him I wanted his will for my life. And I wanted to fulfill my purpose. I wanted to walk in peace, in the peace of knowing that I'm on the right track. I thought about how much time I've wasted already. Past it in, and, and in the past, not allowing the Holy Spirit to transform me. I wasted a lot of time and how much heartache and fear and frustration that has caused me. As I was in this time of meditation, the Holy Spirit also reminded me of who he is and that I should not be afraid. He reminded me of who I am. Remember in that it says in that dictionary, a soul assured of my salvation. I thought about how God is good. He loves me. He has good plans for me. He wants to transform me for my own good and reminds me that I can trust him. All of these thoughts bring me to a place of peace. I also think about when you walk fully in peace. 
in God's purpose for your life, the enemy of your soul becomes very confused and has no opening, no footing on your path to trip you up. As you're walking in peace, he goes, I don't even understand. She should be really upset. And then he goes away because he has no opening. He has no place. So meditation, it just in conclusion of this, I just want you to know that it has no value unless you receive his truth and his understanding. God works in us as we meditate on him, his word, and past victories, and it will produce peace as he transforms us into the image of Christ, because that's the goal. So a wise man once said, prayer is not complicated. Such realms of discovery and prayer expand our ability to pray effectively. Pastor Rick Warren. I mean, Dana. <laughs> Darn. I said Warren. <laughs> that was funny. See how my brain went. But I was listening to a message from a couple years ago, and I thought, that is such a simple statement, that really prayer is not that difficult. It really just helps. In meditating, and in what you hear from what God is telling you through these other stages, you know, while you're waiting, while you're listening, while you're thinking, he's speaking to you. He'll be talking to you. And when he brings something up, that discovery of what it is just gives us that ability to effectively pray and, and what to meditate on. So now, as you practice, this is, what, this is the practical I want to give you. So select a theme or the theme God has been showing you. Like I said, don't let it be a theme month or a theme year. Please. Focus on him. Speak to him and take it seriously. Think about what God is revealing to you. Bring scripture into all phases of meditation. Look up key words in concordance. Look up a scripture that comes to mind in reference to this theme. Go deeper. Look up meanings in the word. It, it, to words in the biblical dictionary. I like looking up the original Greek or, or Hebrew sometimes because it gives my mind a whole nother understanding of what God's really trying to tell me. And then in the end, write it down. Because when you're going through these places of meditation, I can tell you in that meditative prayer of past his, um, victories, you might be reading that once again, what, like I do once in a while when I want to remember how he healed me and all the things he took me through. So write it down because it's going to help you remember and meditate on his on your past victories. So, well, that's it, ladies. Thank you so much for not bowing me off of here. <laughs>